Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. What's good, my friends? This is the most interactive sports talk show anywhere. It's Offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel, and we are... The fan upstate rolling on until 6.30 p.m. today, at which point we will be making way for Furman basketball. Those guys got to get it on the right track, man. Really. They got to get it. It's, it's go time for the Dins. All right. Joining us right now, always good to catch up with him, the director of broadcasting, Clemson University and Clemson football and celebrating a fantastic finish to the season None other than uh, Don Munson joining us right now on the show. Don, Happy New Year. Great to catch up with you. Appreciate the time. What was the highlight of your holiday, sir? Uh, Well, first and foremost, I appreciate you having me on, and Happy New Year to you guys as well. Probably, uh, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you, the fourth quarter of the Gator Bowl was pretty stinking good, uh, (laughs) you know, to, to end 2023 and then roll into in a 24, but as far as what so far has happened in the new year, uh, probably just getting to enjoy a couple of just nice down days at home. The first and the first and most of the second were primarily just down, and then had to obviously travel on the second to be here uh, in Miami for a basketball game tonight. But that first is going to be tough to beat. I don't get many days like that at the house just to kind of kick back and relax. Don Munson in route and uh, on on Clemson men's basketball as well. What a season they have been having. Don, can I ask you for your end-of-season grade for Clemson football? Oh, you know, I would say that, you know, probably most Clemson folks are going to probably think of this as a very average season. I think it's above average, to be honest with you, Uh, just because, you know, they got to, to nine wins and everybody, well, you know, Nine wins, that's not best as a standard. But then I think you need to take in perspective, you know, what nine wins means. I mean, nine wins for now, what, 13 consecutive years or whatever it's been is is there's only one other team in all the college football that's ever done that, and that's Alabama, and then there's Clemson. So, you know, again, if, if winning nine games was easy, there'd be a lot of people that would be doing it. There aren't a lot of people that are doing it, but that's not what society right now dictates. It's about uh, – it's about the here and now. So, and I understand that. I understand that. Believe me, everybody over in that football office at Clemson has the drive to get back in the playoffs and also be playing on a Monday night where you get a chance to, to hoist the, the golden scepter if it's there for your taking. And Clemson's been fortunate enough to, uh, to be in, the, in that game four years and have won two of them here as of late, obviously three overall. So uh, that's, that's the standard. And, um, but I, I would say that all in all, you know, from – 
from the way that things started to the way things had end, it was it was a pretty nice year for Clemson. So above average, Don, is it fair to say that would be a B? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, I would I would say that that's that, that's fair. Uh, I would say that it's that there's you know that uh, if you're asking me to put a grade on it, then that then that would probably be you know again. And now when I was in school, to to make a B, you had to be 85 and above. All right. <laughs> 84 to 80 with a B minus. All right. So, <laughs> uh, Don, Cade Klubnik has, has shown flashes of really great, competent play here and there. The fourth quarter of the Gator Bowl, Gator Bowl is certainly an example that you could look to, but there's, it's also uh, bobbing in a sea of inconsistency over the course of this season. Um, I'm not ready yet to say that his job is on the line, that Christopher Vizina could push him next season. But what what conversations have you had with other personnel around the team uh, that says that they are seeing positive movement in Cade's development going into next season? Well, I think that 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 that's definitely has been been the chatter. Uh, you know, but that all it seems like. You know, all the pieces are there, but the puzzle hasn't been put together. You know, you mentioned the word flashes, and yes, there have been flashes. What you need now is a steady current. I mean, that's that's what Clemson needs at quarterback is a steady current. So it doesn't need to be flashing on and off. The switch doesn't need to go on and off. The bulb just doesn't need to go bang, you know, and come on for a brief second of time and then and then go back dark. Now that that bulb needs to be burning, you know, the entire game. And I think that's that's where they're trying to get this. Uh, this young man, I think that the bowl game will certainly help. Uh, certainly that last drive is, is a lot of stuff just to build upon as you go through the spring, you know, going through, going through a spring football game and then through the summer and through August camp. So there's some stuff there that's, uh, that's to build upon. But uh, I think also we're also in this day and age where people are comparing him to the Michael Penixes of the world uh, you know, or, or other, whatever quarterback, you, you name the other top quarterbacks that are out there playing in college football. What's the common denominator with all those quarterbacks? They're now playing in their fifth or sixth year because of COVID or because of a red shirt situation. That's not where Kate is. That, that's just not where he, you know, where he is. Experience is just, you know, is a boatload and Kate's getting that. And I think that we'll see that, you know, come out with him as, as he gets more and more experience under center. That last drive, Don, to your point, you know, you, you said you're, you're looking for consistency here. Uh, you know, it's that, that consistency word is something Alabama lacked all year, and they lacked it against Michigan in the college football playoff game. But, gosh, wh- you know, in terms of a blip, and I understand the need for consistency, but that last drive may have been the best blip that I've seen from Cade Klubnik. And to me, it was so encouraging that he was able to do that you know, I, I didn't know that Clemson had a hurry-up offense like that, and I didn't know that they could execute it like that, and I didn't know with the pressure that was on in that moment in that environment that they could, in fact, do what they did. That has to be, you know, to, to close the season on that, can you speak to just the overall influx of confidence that will be brimming from this team heading into next season? Well, I think when you go back and you start dissecting that last drive is, one, just look at the total number of plays that Clemson ran in that last drive. That's first and foremost. It's, it wasn't like, you know, Texas, for instance, in their last drive against Washington. What happened with Texas? Bang, bang, big plays. I mean, they, were make, they made a couple of big plays that put them in position, you know, to have a chance with a second left to, to, win an imp- to get an improbable victory. Now, it didn't work out for them, but the chance was, 
was certainly there. Now this was a this was a drive that was pieced together. They had to overcome, uh, you know, had to overcome obviously a third and eighteen situation. There were a couple of third down, long third conversions that they had to had to make, and then turn into fourth down uh, stuff. They, you know, so they were they were able to do that a couple of times. The, the final drive of the third quarter that led to the Moffa one yard touchdown run to begin the fourth. People forget there was a third and twenty three that was involved in that drive. And they were able to make it to a fourth and five. And uh, actually, Cade changes up his cadence, gets the defense to jump. Uh, now, he, he threw it underneath the Shipley. Shipley went and got the first down. Um, but, you know, there, was, there were some things right there that you were seeing even at the end of the third quarter, which I think probably helped lead, lead to what happened uh, there in the fourth quarter in that, that final drive. But, you know, Clemson didn't have strikeability. You know, and I, I kept saying that on air, you know, Let's let's be who we are. You know, we're not a team that's going to throw it long and go get big chunks of yard. That's just not who we are. And so they were able to do uh, what they could do in the way that they could do it, and they did it pretty well. What can you tell us about Will Shipley's future with Clemson? I know he's still kind of on the fence about leaving for the NFL. Uh, what's the latest there? Yeah, I guess as I understand it, and I have not talked with Will, haven't talked to his family or anything, but – Obviously, yesterday was the final day that he was that he could have put his name in the portal if he was going to do that. He'd already come out and said he's not going to do that. That that wasn't going to be the case. So now, the next date is what the fifteenth of this month, and that's when he has a, an opportunity to declare for the draft. And again, he's just declaring for the draft. As long as he doesn't hire an agent, at least I believe this is the way the rules still work. He has the op- he has the opportunity at least to go declare, you know, feel out that situation, then make a decision after that. Um, without representation to come back. So that would be the path that I would expect him probably to take, to be really honest with you. Is I, it won't shock me to see him declare unless something has happened this afternoon that I'm not aware of that, that he has done. Uh, and, then, and then go into it without representation unless he's made up his mind that he definitely wants to, to chase the dream of the National Football League. Um, then to do it without representation, you know, go through that process, which I think is a good process for him. It'd be a great learning process for him and then make a decision whether he wants to come back or not. Don Munson joining us, director of broadcasting, Clemson University. Don, uh, you know, you just mentioned that chunk plays and explosive plays is not really who Clemson was this year. But at the same token, like I'm looking forward to what that wide receiver group might look like next year. And might that change when you consider what T.J. Moore is doing at the All-Star Games? Wesco into the fold. Antonio Williams. Uh, the, the young kid, Tyler Brown. I mean, you know, might this be a more explosive outfit heading into 2024 than the move the chains bunch that we just saw? Well, you certainly hope so. I mean, that, that would be the hope. That's, that's what we have enjoyed at Clemson in the past. Um, but again, I think if you start stacking up wide receiver rooms from those 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, heck, even 20 years, I, I don't know that this wide receiver room stacks up to that. Now, it may, but again, you know, it's a, it's a pretty young bunch, but um, we'll see. But the other thing to help out with that has to be the offensive line. And that, I'm excited about the, the, you know, getting Matt Luke on campus to, to kind of take over the offensive line and, and coach that offensive lineup because, again, if you're gonna if you're gonna try to run long plays, if you're gonna try to run long passing plays, what do you have to have? You have to have protection for your quarterback because those plays don't happen in just one or two seconds. They happen three, four, five seconds, and so you've got to give your quarterback protection uh, to be able to get the ball downfield. So that 
everybody points to wide receiver. Everybody points there, and I understand that. But you better point to the better point to the line of scrimmage as well, because the line of scrimmage has to hold up. Don, since the last time we had you on, there has been uh, God a lot of uh, movement and chatter coming out of Tallahassee, with Florida State announcing that it wanted to sue the ACC for essentially not raising the payout over the years. What what are your general thoughts on that and how it may affect Clemson if Florida State does, in fact, turn this into a way out? Oh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, not only at, at Clemson, but others, how does it reverberate around the conference? Um, you know, I'm, I think, I'm, uh, you know, this is so we in 2024, the, you know, the question has been asked me, do you think that this league is still going to be in existence come 2035? I don't know the answer to that. I, if I was a betting man, I would say uh, that Clemson probably will, wouldn't be a part of the ACC by the time that 2035 rolls around. Um, but it's, you know, what happens in Tallahassee, I don't think has a ton of bearing about what's going to happen in Clemson because Clemson's going to go about doing things their own way. Now, is there being information shared? Um, I would think that that's probably, yes, the case, uh, that there has been information shared. Um, and, you know, if, if something is, is going to happen, you know, obviously there was a, there was a countersuit that came by the league the day before the folks at Florida State filed theirs in Tallahassee, which was kind of a shrewd move uh, by the Atlantic Coast Conference. So um, there are a lot of things I think that had to play out uh, among lawyers. That's why they. That's why those guys make big bucks. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of thinking, and you know it comes back to the old Bill Clinton line. Well, it just depends upon what your definition of is is. Uh, so in in legal, uh, you know, speak, it does it does come down to what your definition of even little two two letter words are maybe even a one letter word uh, as well so it's 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 complicated but um, it sure is a lot of fun to talk about it sure is a lot of fun to kind of think about and and muse about but we'll, I think it patience here in the long run is going to do all of us good and again this is a society right now that has a zero patience we we want things now we want the answers right now and you're just not going to get them. In terms of uh, you know what what Clemson might be less than satisfied with about the ACC, Don. You know certainly we understand that the the television dollars and we've seen the inequity there between what the Big Ten and the SEC are getting and what AC school the payouts are getting, and we understand that that money. You know fans oftentimes speak of that money in greedy greedy type of overtures, but that money. Uh, funds everything that Clemson wants to do within their athletic program. But when you consider what just happened to Florida State and what they achieved this year and scheduling two SEC teams as Clemson has for next season and then getting left out, outside of the TV payout, would you say that what happened to Florida State is number two on the grievance list? Or if you could share some of the other areas where Clemson might be less than satisfied with their conference membership. Well, I think when you – and again, I think you and I have already talked about this. When you go back and you look at what the selection committee's job was, all right, the selection committee's job is to, at the time that the vote comes, to pick the four teams that were to be in the playoffs, at that time to pick what they believe were to be the four best teams to be in the playoffs. Not the four highest-ranked teams, not the four you know metric teams that, that were at the vote. Whatever that committee decided were the four best teams. Now, 
you can make an argument whether they got the four best teams or not. You know, I think leaving Georgia out was a huge mistake. And, I, you know, you watch them against Florida State, and I realize that Florida State was down whatever it was, 19 players or whatever. But I don't know about you boys, but watching Georgia play, are you <laughs> telling me that one of the four teams that got in ahead of them was better than that team? I don't think so. Man, I really don't. I, I don't think so. Um, so. But that's what happens when you leave it to a committee. And the committee felt like they did their job. Whether you agree with that or not doesn't matter because that's the group that's making the decision. So now we will, we will evolve obviously next year to 12. And are we going to, we won't hear as much griping about teams that finish 13th and 14th uh, in it, just because that's just the, the lay of the land. But, um, you know, I think, again, I really do believe this, that all of this is leading to at some point a, a group of schools splitting off and forming their own governance body and hosting their own championships and, you know, just, just going from there, whether you call that a whole nother division or whatever you're going to call it. But if, if you don't think that that's coming, I, I think that you're just sadly mistaken. I, I think that it's, that it's coming and it's steamrolling right at us. That, that train is coming right down the tracks. The light at the end of the tunnel, as I'd like to say, isn't an oncoming train. Nah, this time it's an oncoming train and it's coming right at us. Don Munson joining us on the show. Don, the feel-good story uh, that, that honestly, Clemson fans are, are reveling in this is this basketball team that you are in Miami to cover tonight. I mean, how about this team, what they're doing? Clemson is in conversations that Clemson fans are not used to hearing about their team. You know, Final Four consideration, 11-1 and one overall. Uh, one very, very close loss that Clemson fans argue sh- should have been won. Uh, and uh, so can you speak to the dynamic within this team? What has led to this team really exploding onto the scene in college basketball this year? Well, I, I think, one, obviously having P.J. Hall came back, and I know that people have been talking, and obviously the development of Ian Shifflin uh, as well, you know, Shefflin has just been, if, if you're looking for the Cinderella story that has been involved in Clemson basketball, it's certainly Ian uh, from that standpoint. You know, his level of play is just, has just risen immensely. But really, it's, to me, it's still P.J. Uh, you know, this team is still going to go the way that, that P.J. goes. Um, and, and with the addition now of Gerard on the outside, it gives PJ now more movability closer to the hoop, even though he can step out and, and hit that 15 to 22, 23 foot jumper. You know, Hall has that, has that ability uh, to do that, but you know, it's, it's still, this is still PJ's team. And I think that he, that he has such, he has such control of what's going on. Believe me, I was at shoot around today just to watch him, even though Coach Brownell is out there coaching things up, but to watch the control that P.J. Hall has. When he talks, every, he's E.F. Hutton. When he talks, they listen. Uh, so it's, it's amazing. P.J., I, I think, is, is the glue and really the reason that, that Clemson is doing what they are, are doing right now. Tonight's game won't be easy. I mean, this is a good Miami team. People forget this was a team that was ranked in the top 15 preseason-wise, and they lost. A couple of games there in a stretch where they lost by more than 20 points that knocked them out of the top 25. But still, this is a team that went to the Final Four last year. They got most of those pieces back. They will not be easy to beat. They've sold out uh, their arena also for the last couple of games. It'll be a, it'll be a hornet's nest that we'll step into tonight. 
Don, we talk a lot about Dabo Sweeney's aversion to the transfer portal, and uh, we've talked about uh, Clemson's general aversion to uh, bidding wars in NIL. Does Do you think that policy also extends specifically to basketball? Uh, could, could Clemson be able to make hay in the future uh, in the portal spending money in NIL? Because, again, we know that uh, Joe Girard is done after this season. P.J. Hall is done. Um Clemson's going to need a lot of help, and I don't know where the, if they're going to get it from from high school recruiting. Could Clemson turn itself into an NIL and portal destination in basketball? Yeah, I think that portals in football and portals in basketball are two different beasts. I mean, they're like cats and dogs in, in my estimation. Uh, so I think that, yes, Clemson will continue to play basketball-wise in the, in the portal. I mean, I really do. I, I think that's, that's going to happen. Uh, you know, obviously the addition of Gerard, if, and if you don't think that, you know, there was a bidding roar over Gerard, you're vastly mistaken. Uh, there was, and Clemson was able to win that. You know, people say that Davo Sweeney has an aversion to the portal. And again, I have to run people, that's just not true. He just, he just has, he has different wants and needs out of the portal and that he would like somebody that's going to be a, a two or three year guy as opposed to a, as a one and done. So that that portal culture that's within Clemson football is vastly different than, say, the portal culture that is here in this state at Miami or or even up up in Tallahassee. Uh, the culture is just different. And Coach Sweeney still believes in that he wants his program to be a developmental program. Uh, and when you look at at what he has on his team as far as the young guns are concerned, I think you can understand that. I mean, I, I really do. I think that there's a lot of really good young talent that even if you went to the portal, you weren't going to necessarily find better talent. And then, you know, again, as, as he has said and people said, if you're going to marry somebody, there's got to be agreement on both sides. I mean, you, you can date them, but if you're actually going to, you know, actually marry them, then there better be love on, on both sides of the equation. And Clemson, for whatever reason, when they've gone to the portal, just have not been able to find that match as of yet. Don Munson, director of broadcasting for Clemson in Miami tonight. A, a nationally televised Clemson versus Miami ACC game on ESPN. Tip is at 8 p.m. Don, we thoroughly enjoyed the conversation today. Wonderful insight. All the best for a great 2024 for you and your family. Happy New Year. And, well, we will catch up to you down the line. Safe travels to you. Thank you, brothers. Appreciate you having me on. Go Tigers. All right. There you go. Don Munson, the one and only. Run, wonderful insight on Clemson today. Uh, and you heard the grade that he gave the Clemson Tiger football team, a B. Up next, who are, what are the saddest American sports cities? We'll tackle that with you next here on Offsides. We are the Fan Upstate. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. 
choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. It's offsides. Mark Ryan and Diesel, we are the Fan Upstates. Great to have you guys with us here on... I mean, is it a hump day if you've only been to work the second day? Does this count as a hump day or does it not? You guys let us know. 844-326-3663 is the number to get to us on the show. The text line is also there for you at 71307. Just start your text with the word fan and away you go. Texter says, Mark, I give Kentucky a season grade of C. A bowl win over Clemson would be a C plus one other SEC win to make a B minus, but it didn't happen. Texter says Mark Cade got the intentional grounding on the last drive. If he takes the sack, the clock keeps running. Throwing away, clock stops. No different than spiking the ball. Um, I, I thought Cade played as played his best, had his best drive as a Clemson Tiger in that in that final drive. I thought that was really something. All right, guys, I want to flip the script on you here, and I want to talk about – I was thinking about this today, okay, because I was thinking, like, so many different sports cities have been through so much, right? They've been through so much. Detroit just tied the all-time NBA losing streak for consecutive losses. Detroit has the longest – single-season losing streak in NBA history now. They've lost 28 straight games within the same season. They beat Toronto to cut, to put an end to the streak. And I'm like, dear God, that is sad. Do you guys realize that the, that the Detroit Lions have won the NFC North, but they won the NFC North for the very first time? The NFC North only has four teams in it. And they... They never won it before. Like, I mean, you know, there's a reason why you're seeing Detroit Lion fans boasting that they're NFC North champions. And you're like, what's, okay, there's four teams. What's the big deal? The big deal is they've never won it. Do you understand? They have never won the NFC North. It, It has been such a sad existence. So in this segment, my friends, I am going to ask you for your honest gut feeling. When I say to you, 
Okay, when I say to you, who is the saddest American sports city? What city is the saddest American sports city? What do you say? What comes to mind to you? 844-326-3663 is the number to get to us on the show. That is 844-FAN-PHONE. That's 844-F-A-N-F-O-N-E. Here's a little something extra on the Detroit Lions. Uh, not, not on the Lions, but on the city of Detroit. And this is incredible. The worst single season this millennium. So since 2000, since the year 2000, in the four major North American sports. Okay? So I've got the worst individual seasons since 2000, this millennium, for the four major American sports. You guys tell me what these four have in common. The worst season in the NFL, 2008, the Detroit Lions finished 0-16. The worst season in Major League Baseball, 2003, the Detroit Tigers finished 43-119, a winning percentage of 266. In 2019, the worst NHL season, the Detroit Red Red Wings were 17 wins, 49 losses, 5 ties, a winning percentage of 239. And in 2023... The worst season in the NBA this millennium, the Detroit Pistons are on pace to finish with a record of 5-77. and 77. They had the longest losing streak in a single season in NBA history, 28 straight games this year. My friends, Detroit, the city of Detroit, in all four of the major sports, have suffered through the worst seasons, individual seasons, in each of those sports, all in this millennium. What do you guys think? 844-326-3663. What I would say is you can't embarrass the fan base. You can't embarrass the fan base. I think these, these franchises are embarrassing their fan base right now. The Carolina Panthers and their two wins – and giving up next year's first-round pick for a quarterback that doesn't look all that good. Bryce Young, Chicago gets the number one overall pick in a quarterback draft that looks ten times better. The New England Patriots are embarrassing their fan base right now. How about the L.A. Chargers? They've got this it kid, Justin Herbert, at quarterback, and they're losing games by 50 points, 50, an NFL team. Losing games by 50 points. The Chicago Bears are the team for whom tomorrow never comes in the NFL. You know Chicago will miss the playoffs again next year. You don't need me to tell you. Every Chicago Bears season is exactly the same. And how about the Oakland A's? Gosh, the poor Oakland A's. This is a deeper one. I mean, you know, the, the economy of Oakland, the city of Oakland, and I've been there. Um, when I was there was 2015, right? So about eight and a half years ago, I was in Oakland. Wasn't an overly nice place, Daisy. Wasn't super nice. What's happened? Okay. Well, the economy has really hit, you know, Oakland hard. And it has been a declining socioeconomic city. And what you've had is you've had Golden State, the Warriors, or the Oracle Center and the Oakland A's, and you don't realize this unless you see this with your own eyes, they were right next to each other. 
Like you, 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 right, you go down this side road, and then where the Warriors play and the Oakland Coliseum is right there. It's right there. They're right, there, right next to each other. Golden State wanted to get out of Oakland. They moved to San Francisco. The Oakland A's want to get out of Oakland, and they're moving to Las Vegas. The poor city of Oakland used to be this major league city, is no longer a major league city. They're viewed as being part of the Bay, but they're part of a Bay that everyone wants to disown right now. I think all of those franchises have embarrassed their fan base. That's the one thing you can't do. You cannot embarrass your fan base. So when we come back on the show, we'll take your calls. We'll take your texts. We will take your nominees for the saddest American sports city. That, my friends, is next. And this is the most interactive sports talk show anywhere. It's Offsides. Mark Ryan and Diesel, and we are the fan upstate. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. It's Offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel, and we are the Fan Upstate. Thrilled to have you guys with us here on a Wednesday edition of the show. So, we ask you guys this question, what is America's saddest sports city? What do you think? We've got a, a lot of good nominees here. A lot of good nominees, and I will share mine with you. I'll show you mine if you show me yours. Here you go. We told you about Detroit. Told you about Detroit. Uh, we told you that over, we're telling you now that over the fifth, last 15 years, Detroit is the only NBA team that doesn't even have a playoff win. Not a series. They haven't won a playoff game over the last 15 years. They have the fewest regular season wins over the last 15 years. And they have the lowest winning percentage over that span, with the Sacramento Kings and Minnesota Timberwolves joining them both under 500. So with all of that said, what would you say, who are the nominees for the saddest American sports city, the saddest fan bases? Here are my nominees. Obviously, Detroit. Minneapolis is way up there. The Minnesota Twins they last won the World Series in 1991. That's the last World Series. That's the last title for the city of Minneapolis. And then you think, Diesel, what it's like to be in Minneapolis over the winners with teams that have not won a championship since 1991. Mm, do, you I, know, do you know the Minnesota Timberwolves right now have the all-time lowest winning percentage 
in American pro sports history for their history. It used to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Timberwolves have passed them, or should I say, fallen below them. Thank God. I interviewed for a job in Minneapolis once. Thank God I didn't get it. You get wind chills in the <laughs> negative degrees, and you get no sports championships. The Minnesota Vikings once made it to four straight Super Bowls. They were the Buffalo Bills of the era before we were born. They didn't win one. Didn't win one. Um, how about New York? You might not think of New York. Well, the New York, New Jersey metro area has nine professional teams. Nine. The last championship for any of the nine came in 2011. So you think about that, Diesel. It's We're now 2024, right? So 12 years between 2011 and 2023, which just concluded. 12 times nine. What is, what is that? I'm going to, uh, to do some uh, quick math here right now. 12 times nine, 108. So New York and New Jersey teams, Diesel, pro teams, have been 0 for 108 at winning championships. That area has nine pro teams. Last championship, 2011. I mean, that's brutal, right? And a lot of their teams, despite the markets, are afterthoughts. The Mets, people call them the mess. The Jets, the Giants, please. The Knicks, I would say always the bridesmaid, never the bride. They're not even the bridesmaid, right? Dallas, how about Dallas? The Mavericks, the day, the, the, the team, the city for whom tomorrow never comes. The Rangers just won the World Series. Does that get Dallas off the list? The Rangers play in a suburb of Dallas called Ar- Arlington. But the Cowboys have not even made it to a conference championship game. The Cowboys have not won two playoffs games in a single playoff since 1998. Then you have Detroit. But, of course, I have left out one, Diesel. I have left out one. What was the question we asked yesterday about Carolina and Charlotte? Uh, We asked if uh, the Carolina Panthers were at risk of becoming as irrelevant on the national sports scene as the Charlotte Hornets. And I think they're there. (laughs) I think they're there. It's funny. We joked in the in the segment uh, in between segments yesterday that Charlotte was were 17 point road dogs uh, at Sacramento. I believe is who they played last night and they ended up winning by like 10. Wow. Yeah, I mean, so flip the spread by like 27 points. How about that? How about Crazy. that? Yeah. So so anyway, guys, I have Charlotte in there. Why? Why wouldn't you? Who's their college football team in Charlotte? Anyone? Bueller Fry? Is it Duke? Is it North Carolina? I mean, if, it's, it's certainly not UNC Charlotte. Right. So so like if you listen to Charlotte Sports Radio, they kind of do a hodgepodge of different stuff. They do NC State and Duke and North Carolina. They have me on when they want to do Clemson or South Carolina stuff. But it's kind of like when I was in Houston, Diesel, and you had so many different masters in college football. You couldn't talk about just one. You had Texas Tech and Texas A&M and Texas and LSU and Houston, right? And those five, you could talk about those five. But if you just talked about one college football team, you were alienating the rest of the office. So, so they don't really have a college football team. Then they have a AAA baseball team, right? And then they've got the Charlotte Hornets. And they've got the Carolina Panthers. Your reaction right there to a triple-A baseball team is exactly why I keep shooting it down every time I say 
Greenville needs a highest level sports team. And people say, well, what if we just got an XFL team? What if we just got a this team? What what we're if doing? If it's not highest level, don't worry, don't do it because people are not going to care. Yeah, what Diesel and I are doing. Those of you on the stream can see it, but um, you know we're doing the the woo with our with our finger, like throw a party with your finger, but sarc- sarcastically, right? Like woo, big deal, you know. So uh, it, like AAA baseball here would be a big deal for a city the size of Charlotte. You're going to have a hard time competing with a AAA baseball team there. They throw it's a super nice stadium. They throw it in the middle of Uptown. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful stadium, but again, you know, Charlotte views itself as a major league city. They want major league teams, right? To them, it's whoop-de-doo. Charlotte and uh, the Charlotte Hornets and the Carolina Panthers. Are they the most miserable? Do, do they are they do they enter the saddest American sports team? What say you guys? 844-326-3663 is the number to get to us on the show. Diesel, do you yeah. have a winner for the saddest American sports city? Yeah. Detroit, Charlotte, Dallas, New York, Minneapolis. Well, what do you think? I would add to that list Seattle mm. because they had an NBA franchise, the Supersonics, which growing up, I love the Supersonics because I love Sean Kemp. And then they lost the Supersonics. Um, the, the football, the NFL team has been okay for a little while. They were okay 10 years ago. They've fallen off. The, um, the Mariners have been okay, but that was 25, 30 years ago. You got the Huskies. I guess that's Seattle's team, but yeah, I mean, I would, I would add Seattle to that list. I, I certainly wouldn't put them on the top of the list. Um, but of all those, it's got to be Detroit. I think it's got to be Detroit. You know, the, the Lions have sucked for a long time. Forever. The Red Wings have fallen off in a major way. They're not what they used to be. The Pistons are awful. I mean, I think the last the last thing I think of when I think um, – I think he was there. Was wasn't Ron Artest a Piston when he went into the stands? No, no. He, am I wrong yeah, about yeah. that? He okay. was he was on the uh, opposing team, the Pacers. Okay, so uh, okay, so I, I don't I don't have anything to to, uh, to any memories to go back to when I think Detroit Pistons, like they've never been relevant in my lifetime. So I think I'd have to say I'd have to say Detroit is the worst. Texter says, let's see here. The longest losing streak ever in pro sports belongs to the Cardinals, Chicago Cardinals of the 40s. They lost 29 straight. The longest losing streak was longer than that, Texter. Uh, Texter says, Atlanta is the saddest sports city. So many championship teams, but only to have two sports, two pro sports championships is crazy. Buffalo is also sad. Uh, Texter says, Charlotte can't be the saddest sports city. Because they'd actually have to care first. So I'm going to bring you guys into something that you may or may not know. Uh, I did this topic on a net, on the network, right? On CBS Sports Radio, I did this topic. And the phone lines lit up. And here's what surprised me. Okay, here's what shocked me, Diesel. Is that all of the calls came in for cities that were not listed or not, my, not any of my top five. I got a few calls for Oakland. I got a few calls for Buffalo, and the phone lines went berserk for San Diego. 
San Diego. It means a whale's private parts. It does. German. It does. It means no. That, that's what Ron Burgundy says. Why? Because they're like San Diego, is a metropolis that has nothing. They have the San Diego Padres who have never won a World Series. Think about that. The Padres have never won a World Series. They have the San Diego Chargers with the worst owner in sports, Dean Spanos, who then brought the team to L.A., a city that wasn't asking for the Chargers, a city that doesn't support pro sports very well and doesn't care about the Rams or the Chargers. But because the Rams won them a Super Bowl, they claim the Rams now. Nobody there gives a rip about the Chargers. You rip their NFL team away from them. Who is San Diego's college football team? San Diego State? San Diego State. So you've got a group of five college football team. You've got an MLB team that never wins. And you've got an NFL team that was stripped away from you. you got to feel bad for San Diego State. They thought they were this close to getting into the Pac-12. And then the whole thing blew oh, up. Oh, yeah. They, like, they, were, they were on the cusp. I saw a list, like, next group of fives to move to the Power Five. San Diego State was number one yeah. on the list. They're out there. But what do you guys think? What do you say? Who is the saddest American sports city? 844-326-3663 is the number to get to us on the show this afternoon. Would love your take. Remember uh, Radio Shorty? He, uh, he texted me, and he says, it, Detroit, at least they suck consistently. Philly sports makes you want to jump off the Ben Franklin Bridge. <laughs> That's what Radio Shorty says. They do, and they're rude about it, too. Isn't, isn't that something? Like, the, you get the attitude for free. We go to the phones, and uh, J.D. in Simpsonville has been hanging patiently. J.D., man, what do you think? Saddest American sports city. What do you got? Hey, Mark, I thank you for taking my call. Yeah, I, I didn't hear Diesel. Uh, I apologize whenever I first called in, so I, I could have definitely got in on this saddest city thing. Charlotte has got to be up there, but, you know, Dave Tepper, he's come in and saved the city with all of his concerts and you know, I, I think I've even heard he's taking credit for the NASCAR Hall of Fame up there now, and that's uh, the two biggest attractions in Charlotte, obviously. Um, you can't pay me to go to a Panthers game. Um, also, just wanted to compliment you. I listened to you on your national stuff and all that. Um, oh, thank you, man. Diesel and Diesel, I'll never get you guys confused. I do know <laughs> the difference in those two gentlemen. Diesel would never refer to himself as a pretty daddy, I don't believe. Um but I did want to get to one more thing, Mark. Uh, the Pub Howard deal, I thought South Carolina was done with the transfer portal thing. And uh, here we go. We got hit with another one. So I've come up with the perfect analogy. I've worked in the restaurant business for several years. And, um, you know, now it's kind of just reminding me of when you go to your favorite restaurant and your favorite waitress walks up to you and she's always got a new trainee standing next to you. So the guys that are doing the training down in South Carolina are, you know, Luke Doty and DeCarion Joyner. They've been serving the tables for six years. And now uh, college football is just turning into this thing that it has more turnover than your local Applebee's. It's a bunch of unloyal, just teenagers who want to get paid. They don't want to work to get paid. And they're going to be working at the Chili's across the street next week anyways. So why hit your wagon to them like Brad Crawford said? But uh, sorry for being all distracted there. Y'all have a good one. Thank you for taking my call. 
No, man, you got it. Uh, no, I appreciate it. Uh, look, as the turnover of your local Applebee's, that's what college football is. That's what it's become, what it's become. And it makes us doggone sad. That's a good analogy, J.D. It I is. like that. You got it your is. training at Applebee's so that you can work at Chili's next week. That's it. That's it. <laughs> you move up. Like, what would be the move up in the in the restaurant chain business, Diesel? Like, if, if you went up from Applebee's, would Olive Garden be Yeah, I think there would be a slight step up. And then you got to step up into actual fine dining restaurants where you have to remember and recite the menu back to people. There you go. There you go. All right, we've got the top five at five coming your way next here on Offsides. We are the Fan Upstate. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.